This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We started a series last week called This Is Us. This Is Us, and it's in the Hebrews chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4, uh, the author challenges us and invites us to a journey saying three different times, let us. That's not a produce joke. Let us. Listen, you never know when these will turn up. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, just going to leave that one alone. Okay. Okay. That's all right. And uh, we had to get married. We can't elope. Okay. I worked produce for 10 years. That's all I got. But it says, let us, and it invites us to this journey. And there's this great atmosphere and attitude in the text. It's not you have to. It doesn't mean you must. It's not this pushing. There's this invitation. I want to let you know today, whether if this is your first time at church or maybe you're not used to this kind of culture, we want to let you know that faith is an invitation. Sometimes uh, church gets a bad rap of it's the have-tos and, 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 and God's mad and God's just trying to force you and there's all this stuff you have to do. I believe the best relationships are the want-tos and the inviting along to journey. Our marriage is good. It's not perfect. We work on our marriage like all of us. But our marriage is a want-to and we're in this together. And, and the author in this text, in this chapter, says to the people of faith like us and says, hey, let us, on this invitation three different times, last week it was, let us enter into rest. We talked about rest last week. You know, it's funny, I say to Nancy sometimes, I feel like this sermon's going to have some traction. Like, like this one, I just feel like people are going to be like, that just that hit me. Last week, I wasn't expecting that. And we had more comments about last week, and I realized, as a culture, we are tired and driven, come on, and wore out and burdened, and the Bible promises rest. It's like, it's like a Christmas ham to a hungry man. Come on, somebody. It just feeds us. It's like water to your soul, and rest isn't stopping. Rest is connection. Over and over, Jesus, he, he disconnected from people to connect with God. And we talked about disconnecting maybe from your schedule, disconnecting from your pressure, disconnecting from good things for the purpose of not just laying down and, and sleeping, which is awesome, but for connecting with the divine God. Nothing satisfies like a connection with God. This week we pick up week two in This Is Us series. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter four. We're going to park here for a bit. And here's the second let us. We're going to start reading in chapter four, verse 14 to 15. 1415, it says this, says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, our high priest, I'm thankful for all faiths, and I'm thankful for all um, um, different styles of Christianity and all the different denominations, but I am thankful that I'm not relying to meet with somebody on earth to an appointment for confession. It says our high priest is actually in heaven. And he intercedes for us, and he, he goes before us. As we talk to Jesus, says he's our high priest, which means he's there going, hey, God, they're with me. We're going to forgive them. We need to bless them. We need to help them. And he actually works on our behalf. It says, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us, this is the second let us, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Look at your neighbor and say, hold on. Look at your other neighbor and say, you better hold on. It says, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. I'm thankful for that today. For he has faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. It said, let us hold firmly to what we believe. You're taking notes today for the next few minutes. This title I just want to talk on and challenge you this morning, hold on, hold on. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. 
God, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice that came to church today. God, I pray those that are hurting today, that, Father, they would find hope and joy and peace. If they walked in here feeling like their life is at odds and there is turmoil and they are hemorrhaging in relationships or peace, I pray today, Father, they would find help in your presence. Father, those of us that know you, that have started this walk, I pray today we would celebrate. We would not wait until the end. We would not wait till another time. We would realize what you've done, that you are good and you are God. And today I pray there'd be a joy in the house. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, you can do what no man can do. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, as you breathed on the authors to write this word, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, you would take words from a page and become a, a marching orders to hearts. God, I pray you would do what you can today. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. happy March, by the way. As Canadians, people don't get that. As Canadians, we all kind of high-five ourselves when we make it through February. Hey, it's, it's March. High-five. We made it. We made it. Now, I know snow could still happen, but come on, somebody. We made it till March. Load team, come on. Dream team, we made it to March. Loading stuff. <laughs> did you hear that? They're like, yes, we did. Cold mornings, we made it through March. My son who I'm well pleased is here today, and he was making fun of my taste in music this week. And I think it's the job of every father, number one, to embarrass their kids at some point. And I don't wear socks with sandals. That's not how I embarrass my kids. But I have other ways. Like I yell their pet names as they leave the vehicle to go to school every day. I roll down the window and yell their pet names out the window. Uh, that's my job as a father. Come on, how many know that? Your, your father embarrassed you. It's our job to embarrass our kids. But my son started giving me to this week, making fun of my music choice. He's like, listen, old man, like that song you're listening to. And he's like, listen, he's like, that's so 2008. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's just like yesterday. I'm like, no, that's actually 10 years ago. He's like, that song's like, 2000, that song's like 2010. I was like three when we used to listen. That's old school One Republic you're listening to. I'm like, what's going on right now? Because I am the cool dad. I walked over during the shaking hands. I'm like, hey, guys, is this jacket cool? My son was like, yeah. And one of the cool kids was like, I'd wear it. I'm like, yes, yes, I still got it. Because I pride myself. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? My son's just giving it to me. And we started laughing in the car, making fun of my music. I think it's part of our job as parents is to introduce our kids sometimes to the old school music. Come on, somebody. Like, like my father listened to country his whole, his whole life. And, man, I just, but, like, we listened to Top 40. We listened to stuff. Man, come on, somebody. I just, I, but once in a while, you got to do a way back playback to show people what other good music is like. Today, I want a question for you. Maybe you have feedback. What's the most, what's, what's the best band you know of from, from the 70s, 80s, or 90s? Come on, somebody. Anybody? Favorite band? Petra. Okay. What? Bon Jovi. How old are you? Bon Jovi. Come on, you're living on a prayer, kid. All right, uh, was that Bon Jovi? I think it was. Okay, awesome. That joke worked. Fantastic. Someone else. You say the Beatles? Eagles? They won the Super Bowl, by the way. Woo-hoo. Okay, the Beatles. Someone else? You say Guns N' Roses? Who is your mother? She's actually the kids minister. Awesome. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Welcome to the jungle. Okay. Well, do you know what? There's one song that's actually the most downloaded song of uh, the 20th century. So from 2000 earlier, there's one song from way back, all the songs, that's actually the most downloaded. And I want to educate some people today, some, some people today, of what some real music sounds like. Can we play this song as loud as we can? If you know it, it's not Spice Girls. Keep going. Most downloaded song of the 20th century. How many are wondering if they're in the wrong church right now? There's like, oh my God. Come on, do you know it? Just a small town girl. Uh, this is my 
dream right now. Living in a lonely world, she took the midnight train going anywhere. Just a city boy. I don't know where the lyrics go from there, so we need to stop it there. Some of you are like judging me, but on the inside, you know that song, and you're excited this morning. That song is called by Journey, look it up, uh, it's called Journey, it's called Don't Stop Believing." Most downloaded song from the 20th century, most downloaded song. That song, even last year, was uh, top 40 or top 40 downloaded. There's something about that song. It's interesting, in Hebrews 4, the second let us, is it, sa it says to us, it says let us, in verse 14, it says let us hold firmly to what we believe. Can we put that verse up there, verse 14? Let us hold firmly to what we believe. I want to encourage you uh, to invite you to, don't miss this, the journey <laughs> of Hebrews chapter 4 is to hold firmly to what we believe. There's this picture there. There's this urgency in the text of hold firmly to what we believe. I remember I lived overseas and I was in this city when I was 22. And I was getting ready to get on a plane, and this city was known for poverty and a lot of political turmoil. And there had been a guy in government for a long time, and they were looking to overthrow, and there was all this stuff going on. And there was a lot of poverty and chaos. And in the middle of that, I was in a city one day getting ready to fly, so I was dressing fairly nice. And all of a sudden, walking down the street of the city, three guys jumped me to mug me in 1997 in this country overseas. And i never forget, I'm, I have my passport and my wallet in this pocket, and their hand went in and grabbed my passport and my wallet. And as they pulled it out, turned around, I found it. I'm scared to death. I grabbed his wrist, and we're in a tug of war over my passport and my wallet. Now, in that moment, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I, I think my best move is running. Come on, somebody. That old proverb, man with swift feet does not have sore face. Like, I just like to run. But in that moment... It, was, it wasn't flight, it was fight, because I understood the value of what was in my possession. If I didn't have my passport, I wasn't getting on that plane. If I didn't have that credit card, I couldn't pay for my luggage or the team that I was leading. And in that moment, because of the urgency and the value of what I had in my possession, a fight came over me. I want to let you know today, the author says, hold firmly to what you believe. There is an aggression. There is an urgency. There is a something more than just, come on, just get by. Just whatever will be, will be. Because what we believe is valuable. The text tells me this, that what we have, number one, is valuable if you're going to have to fight for it and hold firmly. And you need to know today, sometimes we go through the motion, what we have is valuable. That God is good, and we weren't. And because of that, he made a way and made a bridge. And we have salvation. And we know that our eternity is set. We're going to heaven. And God not only wants us to get up to heaven, but he's made a heaven available to us. He said, when you pray, pray my kingdom come. My will be done on earth. Means he wants to be heaven through us. And that we're on this journey and we're on this partnership that God wants to actually use us. It's so valuable. I want to let you know today, our faith, what we believe is valuable. And secondly... There's an urgency. You don't earn your faith. It is a gift given to you. But like a gift you give someone on their birthday, it is valuable, but you have to hang on to it. You can't earn it, but you have to hang on to it. And the author says, hold firmly what you believe. It was a gift, but you've got to hang on to it. Today I want to encourage you, let us hold firmly to what we believe. If we've ever lived in a day where there's so many things trying to let things get out of our grasp and pickpocket us, and sometimes it's a full-on assault, and sometimes it's a long to sleep and trying to take things from us. 
Many cities, they say, watch out. London has a big pickpocket culture. New York has a pickpocket culture. And they say, it's gone before you know it. And sometimes you're getting mugged into the salt. And other times in your comfort, things start leaving your life. And the author says, whether you're being assaulted in your faith today, or maybe you're being lulled to sleep, can I encourage you? Hold firmly what you believe. Today, how do you hold firmly? I want to give you, there's five Fingers or four fingers and one thumb. There's five digits on our hand for a good grip. If you're missing a finger, you have a less of a grip. Today I want to give you five things real quick to help you hold firmly to what you believe before we pray today and go have some cake. Go have some cake. Hold firmly. First thing, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. Can we read this? Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted. Oh, that's so good. The base of every great relationship is trust. You can trust God. Can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Oh, I love that. Don't, that's why we come to church. Not because you have to, because we are stronger together. Let us come together and strengthen each other. But the first one today, the first digit today, if you're taking notes, is to hold hope. Let us hold tightly without wavering. This hope, hold hope. Can I encourage you today? If you're going to hold on to your faith tightly, the first thing you've got to ask yourself is, what's my hope like today? i got some people, they love Jesus, but they don't got no hope. They're down about next week. They're down about next month. You ask them what's going on. I don't feel good about next year. I don't know. i got bills coming. I don't know, man, if I'm going to be feeling well a year from now. What's the economy look like? Who's in the government? I don't know what's going on. Listen, there are real trials. There are real problems. But can I tell you this? When you lose hope, you lose track of who we have that we trust in. We have hope today. I always think it this way. I have hope because I've been partnered with God, and that's an upgrade. I was in junior high. My son's a brilliant student, but I wasn't the smartest kid in school. I was street smart, but I wasn't book smart. I was an average guy. I had a 75, 80 average. I didn't try that much. And we started getting into group projects. And there was this one guy named John who was brilliant in our class. And everybody wanted to be in a group project with John. Because you knew if you got John, you got an upgrade. Whenever they got me, they're like, oh, we'll laugh, but we're not going to get much done. I never forget one, this one assignment, I got John. John became my partner. I remember thinking like, oh yeah. I was like, you bring the smarts, I'll bring the pizzazz. You bring, come on, you bring the knowledge and I'll sell it on stage. And I was the guy that presented all his work. That was my job. And everybody gave me the credit. So like Novachurst. Everybody does all the work and I'm up here. But you know what I think of? I think of we have hope today because we are partnered with God. We can trust him. You know what it tells me? No matter what you're doing, I think, man, I'm not smart enough. My dad didn't make enough money, and now I'm in this position, and I didn't go to school enough. I don't know enough people, and maybe I got these other issues, and maybe, maybe language barriers. I don't know. Can I tell you, we have a hope today because we are partnered with God. It's an upgrade. And this group project, that is life. God says, listen, you can do it on your own, but why don't we work together on this? And I'll tell you what to say. And I'll tell you how to live. And I'll lead you along the way. And come on, we're going to help your grade level go up. We're going to help your influence go up. And God is in this together. Can I encourage you to get some hope? The Bible says when the heart is sick, hope is deferred. We need some hope today. It's not just being optimistic. I have hope today because God is actively involved in my journey, which means he can step in at any time and change everything. Can you get some hope today? If you're going through something, God can step in. God can step in and change things. 
When you say things like, well, I can't, I can't, I, I, I'll always have a temper, or I'll always be poor, or I'll, I'll, I'll always be lonely, or I'm, my marriage is doomed to fail. Get some hope in your life, and hope is not a thing, it's a face that God has entered your life, and he always leaves us better than he founds us. found us. Come on, I want to encourage you to say, have some hope today. Have some hope today. With God in the equation, anything is possible. He is the X factor. This, my life times X factor is always better. It's always good. It's always the impossible can happen. God is a multiplier. God is the X factor. And God wants to commit to us. Today, that's a good thing. Today, can I encourage you, if you're going to hold on to, your, uh, hold on to what you believe today, hold firmly, you've got to stir up the hope inside you. Oh, there's hope today. Can I encourage you? You have hope today. It doesn't matter what the government says, the economics says, what the weather says. Thank God February is done. But I have hope today because God is with me. Can someone say amen? amen. Second thing today. Five things to help us hold firmly today. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 20. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oath in his name. Can I encourage you? It says hold fast. Another version says hold firmly or hold tightly to him. Today, the second thing I would say is hold God today. If you're going to get a grip today, you got to grab a hold of God. you got to build that relationship. That's why even the Whisper series, if you weren't here, go back and podcast it. We believe it's not about our duty of coming to church. It's about a relationship we are in. My marriage is not my marriage because I signed a contract on May, two, May 20th. May 20th? 2000. <laughs> my marriage is my marriage because I've committed to the journey of relationship. Can I encourage you, if you want to get a grip today on what you believe, it's not just a document, it's not just a song you sing, it's an ongoing relationship. Hold on to him. Every day we wake up going, I need more of God. I need to hold on to God. What do you say about me? What do you think about me? God, forgive me for my sin. Put some hope in my life. God, step into my life. And I hold on to God. I don't leave God here and leave here. I say, God, you're coming with me. In fact, God says, no, no, you're with me. And I partner with God. I don't leave God here and come back. That's why people say things, and I get it. I left that church because I wasn't getting fed. What they're saying is, I only expect to see God and meet God and hear God on a Sunday morning. Can I encourage you? If you want to hold strongly and firmly to what we believe, you've got to understand, you've got to commit to holding God. God, I'm committed to you. I want to hold your correction and your encouragement. I want to hold your life. And we are committed. That's why we set time to divert daily. And do our devotions, not our duty, but it's like relationship. Me and my wife sat down even this morning early with coffee and sat there and talked about today. And we connected about today. Why? Because our relationship is not paper. Our relationship is a commitment to journey. Can I encourage you to say, hold on to God. And today's a good day to start. Me and God are distant. Me and God are estranged. Me and God feel like we haven't been talking for a while. Step right in. He's waiting for you. Not with judgment, not with shame, not with distance. Like, I'm right here and just hold on to God. Don't hugs diffuse people? Some of you didn't like hugs at Nova, but now you're starting to like them a lot. You're like, can't wait for a hug. I'm a hugger now. Something about a hug, it disarms things. Listen, God wants to disarm you. Hold on to God. Number three, Hebrews chapter three, verse six, says this. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house. If indeed we hold firmly to our, if we hold firmly to our, Hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Can I encourage you today? If you're going to hold firmly to your faith, to what you believe, you have to hold on to confidence today. I love this. I believe in, I believe in self-confidence. I believe in that. We teach our kids, listen, you know, hold your head high. And 
And self-confidence is important. But you know what's better than self-confidence? God-confidence. Self-confidence can be rocked by a blemish in your skin or a loss of job or maybe finances, but God-confidence can't be shaken. There's something about knowing who you are in God, who you are in Christ, and there's a God-confidence. It's not based on your resume, but his power. Confidence today. You can hold your head up, hold your head high. You got this today. God is saying, you got this today. Why? Because he is with you. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today. Confidence. Hold your head up. Hold your head up today. Confidence. You can walk into any job, any situation that God is with you. If he is with you, who can be against you? Confidence. Something about Eastern Canadians, we don't have confidence, do we? I can say that because I'm an Eastern Canadian. Grew up here my whole life. The Americans are, are, we say, well, they're too proud. And Toronto, everything revolves around them. But I think we need to get some more confidence in our faith. Understanding it's not about who we are. It's not about our past. It's about who God is. Can I encourage you? Hold on to your confidence today. If you want to hold on to what you believe, understand, no, I got this. I got this. Not because of who I am, but who is in me. I can hold on to God. I have hope today. But confidence, is it okay to be a bold church? Some people are like, I'll be honest, planting this church, maybe we should just plant small. Maybe we should just kind of sneak in there slowly so no one thinks we think more of us. And I felt God said to me one time, I'll never forget it, in August, he said, you're trying to sabotage the church. I was like, get behind me, Satan. He said, it ain't Satan, it's me. He's like, you're, because of your insecurity, you're afraid to be seen as proudful or thinking you guys are something more than yourself, more than you should be, so you're going to try to start small. He said, I didn't call you to start a small church just to reach a few people. We're called to influence a city. He said, hold your head up. But it's not based on our ability, but who God is. Listen, we are proud of our God. We are confident in our God. We boast on our weaknesses, but we brag on his power. We're weak. We, we mess up. We got issues. We, don't, we can't figure it out. We're not good at this. But God stepped in. But God has a plan. But God believes in us. But God forgave me. But God gives us power. Come on, hold on to your confidence today. It's okay to say, man, I'm good at my job. I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. I'm a good mother. I believe God has a good plan. I'm doing really well with God. Hold on to your confidence today. Oh, shake off insecurity. I don't know if I can. Come on, put your shoulders back. Put your head high. I got this. Why? Because he's got me and I got this. God, hold on to your confidence today. Someone needs to hear that today. Titus 1.9. Next one, it says this in the message version. He must welcome people. Talking about leaders here. It's talking to leaders in the church. Can I encourage you? You're all leaders. All leaders are as people are following your influence. Teenagers, you have influence today. I've never seen a generation with more influence at this age than this generation. From Instagram to social media, it's a tool to show your influence. And you can use it to enter people into temptation or lead them to something good. You can use it to block people out or use it to welcome people in. But we have influence. You're leaders. And the scripture here is talking to leaders and what leaders need to know. And I believe if we treat the church like leaders now, they'll act like leaders tomorrow. We're not looking for followers. We're looking for leaders. There's leadership in your life to reach your job, your family, our city. Talking to leaders. He must. Talking to leaders. He, the leader, must welcome people. That would be a good characteristic of a leader. Be helpful, wise, fair, reverent. Have a good grip on himself. Oh, snap. And have a good grip on the message. Knowing how to use the truth to either spur people on in knowledge or stop them in the tracks if they oppose it. Which means, if you're not doing well, hey, stop, you're going the wrong way, let me help you. But if they're doing well, cheer you on. Help those that are hurting and party with those that are doing well. I love this. How do we hold on today? Next point is this. It says, hold on to ourselves and the message. 
hold on to ourselves and the message. My friend, the message is this. It's good news. But can I tell you about ourselves? That means your attitude matters. Your behavior matters. The Bible says, listen, if you can't keep your home in order, you can't help a city. I want to encourage you. My faith, I grab on to what I believe firmly when I actually let God work on me and hold on to myself. This is where we get in trouble sometimes. We think, well, I can, I can be this way out there, but I got that temper or that lust or that anxiety that I don't choose to give to God and work through. Can I encourage you today? Hold on to yourself. Your attitude matters. How I am off this stage is more important than how I am on this stage. My kids see me 99% of the time off the stage, usually in a hoodie and sweatpants, and then I put on some kind of cool jacket, right, Ethan, for 1% of the time. But you know what's interesting is how I hold myself the rest of the time determines what if they hear the message or not. Can I encourage you today? How do you hold firmly to your faith? Don't stop letting God work on you. Don't stop holding on to what you believe. Don't stop holding it. Listen, this is the year. Some of you are like, man, I've just been fighting laziness. This is the year. Let God work on you to motivate you. Man, i got a temper. Let God work on your temper and hold yourself accountable. He said, listen, this is the year that maybe I need to get my health back in shape. I need to take care of my health. This is the year. Hold yourself and go, no, no. This is the year. I'm going to be an example of my health. Maybe it's your marriage has been third on the list. Work has been ahead of that and other things. Go, this is the year. Hold myself accountable. No, I'm going to love my wife the way God loves me unconditionally and put effort in. I don't know what it is for you. But for me, I'm committed. I'm not waiting for New Year's Eve. I don't need a resolution. Say, God, I believe I want to hold on to myself in good character. I want to hold myself on. God, what I watch matters. What I listen to matters. What I say matters. Where I go matters. Not because of rules, because I know, that God, if I hold myself to a standard of what you want, my faith is firm. It also says, hold on to this message. Can I encourage you what this message is? This message is good news. The gospel is good news. People say, I heard this last week, oh, you guys are that cool church. You guys are that social media church. No, no. We're the good news church. Because the Bible is good news. Even when it corrects us, it's good news. Saying, listen, I know you're going the wrong way. Listen, you're not doing well, but there's good news. I'm not telling you to make you feel worse. I'm telling you to give you a way out. The good news is you're on the wrong side. Listen, you're, you're, you're in a trap. But I got a bridge. It's called the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, it may seem like bad news. Let you know you are lost. But the good news is, I'm a way out. It's good news. Your life's a mess from choices. It's bad news. But I got good news. I can help you come away. Can I encourage you? We need to hang on to this good news. It's not complicated. Our goal is you to leave here encouraged. If you're not doing well, encourage. Let God forgive you and help you. It's good news that you can be a better parent. You can be a better spouse. You can reach government and business and academics. God can help you as a teacher, as a vice principal, as a printer, as a stay-at-home dad or mom, as a doctor, as a nurse. As a construction worker, we hold on to this message that God is with us. That is the good news. I can't wait till Easter. He was dead to pay a price. They thought he was buried, but he was planted. And the good news is God is not dead, so he's not done. It's good news. Beware of preachers that want to get away from the good news just to get complicated. The Bible says hold on to the message. And the message is this. God is with us. God will forgive us. And God wants to launch us. Hold on to yourself. Hold yourself accountable. And preach the message with your life. I want my marriage to preach louder than my sermons. I want your workplace around the water cooler, in your cubicle, in the truck you drive to speak louder than any tweet you could send or Facebook post. We hold on to the message today. Last one says this, 1 Timothy 1, 19. Holding on to faith and a good conscience 
which some have rejected and also suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. Where I go, I hear all the time people in shipwreck. As a maritimer, we can picture this culture so vividly. Life is a storm sometimes. That's not negative, that's real. But we have an anchor and a hope. But people, they start on this journey and somewhere they end up on the rocks of a shipwreck. But the Bible says, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Here's the point today. You want to, the last thing to get a grip today, to hold firmly to what you believe, a good conscience. How do you have a good conscience? You obey God. My father would go to work when I was 10, 11, 12. He'd say, can you move along today? It's August, you know, summer's on a Wednesday this year. Can you, in Nova Scotia, it's one day uh, every summer. Can you move along before I come home? And I'd play my, ride my bike and, we used to go outside when we were your age, and we'd go outside and build forts and ride bikes and play ball hockey. And, and if I didn't mow the lawn because I was busy just having fun, when he came home, I would hide in the house. My father didn't abuse me or beat me. I just felt guilty because I knew I didn't obey what he asked. Didn't ask for much. Just mow the lawn. He's working two jobs. There's lots going on. Just go play, have fun, be a kid, but could you just mow the front lawn? You know what's amazing? Guilt and shame caused me to hide and lower my head, and my confidence was gone. The Bible says, have a, hold on to a good conscience. How do you have a good conscience? Obey God. How do you hold on to your faith firmly? Obey God. I see so many times people with their head low because they feel like they've screwed up and they messed up and they have no confidence and their conscience is guilty. The Holy Spirit wants to convict us, go, no, say sorry. No, step up there. And can I tell you this? When I obeyed my father, I'd mow the lawn. I was waiting in the driveway when he came home. I was shooting baskets, waiting. Dad's home. Hey, Dad, look at the lawn. You missed 400 spots, but good job. You mowed the lawn. Yeah, I did it really fast. Yeah, but I had, I had this confidence. Why? Because I knew I did good. Some of you, it's not just insecurity. You don't have a good conscience. You know, you know God's speaking to you about something in your life. Not to push you down, but to bring you higher. But because, no, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to say sorry to that person. No, I don't want to pay those taxes. No, I don't want to block that person on my phone. I know they're, you know, they're, they're the hotline bling and they're the midnight call and I just don't want to, I just, I just, I don't want to just change that. I, 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 I know I should give my life, my time, my finances. I know I should be home more with my kids. I know I should step out and coach that hockey team, but I know I should, and not out of guilt, but out of God calling you. When we obey God, a confidence comes. The Bible says Jesus in Luke 2.52 grew with favor with God. Favor comes from obedience. God loves everybody, but there's another level of confidence that comes from a conscience of knowing God said it, I did it, we're good. Can I encourage you today? Hold on to a good conscience. Hold your head up. When you know you're living right, when you know that you're obeying God and you're loving God, you're holding on to him as he says things, as he whispers his word, and you say, yes, I'm going to try my best, and he helps you because it's a group project, and you have hope that he's with you and you hold on to him, you're confident, you hold your head high. We hold our head high with this church, not because it's cool, not because of social media, not because people that come here, but we know God asked us to do it. So I can walk into any room, friend or foe, with my head high going, God said it, we did it, we're good. Can I encourage you today? Get a good conscience. What God's speaking to you today? If you're just like, man, I haven't been obeying God, the Bible calls that repentance. And all it is is saying, God, I missed it. And God goes, it's okay. Let me help you. Let's get you turned around. I asked you to go this way. You want to do your own thing. It's okay. It's all right. Let's just turn around. Today's the day. Your head will raise. Your direction gets set. And God helps you today. Today, two calls as we close today. 
The Bible says, let us on this journey. Let us. This is an invitation. Someone asked me this week, one of our team, how do you keep preaching messages that connect? And I said, because I preach to myself every single week. I need rest. I need to grab firmly to what I believe. And today, maybe you don't have a faith. You're like, man, I hold on to a faith. I never was given one. I don't have a faith. If you're here today, and as much as we gather, we'll make this opportunity. You can start a relationship. And what it is, God gives you the gift of salvation for you to hang on to. He gives it, you grab it. That's what it is. He gives, you can't earn it. You can't give enough money in the offering. You can't come to church enough. You can't learn your Bible enough. You can't serve on this team enough to make God love you more. It's a gift. It's simply a gift. Today you can have that gift that then you can then grab these things and grab firmly for a lifetime. Because I'm like, I don't know God. I don't know Jesus. I don't have a faith. I can't say that if I died today, I know where I stand with eternity, with God. I don't know. I don't have a faith that's active. I know about God like I know about a prime minister or a queen, but I don't know him. The Bible says you can know him. He's as close as the mention of his name. And in moments like this, when we say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would we, can we start a relationship? Can I get an upgrade? Can you be my group partner on this group project called Life and Purpose? And can we work together? And can you just help me? The Bible calls that salvation or the start of a faith. And what it is, is it's a journey of relationship. It's not perfection, it's a journey. When you say, Jesus, come into my life, you're not perfect. It's a commitment to growing with him. I'm more like him and more like his word than I was last year. And in Jesus' name next year, I'll be more like it than I am this year. It's a commitment to holding firmly. If you say, Mike, with every head bowed, if you just close your eyes for a moment. You say, Mike, I come here all the time where I've never been here before. I just want to applaud your courage today for being in church. Different environment. Not sure what to expect. I applaud you. But you say, Mike, I, I want to... I want to start my relationship with Christ. You're not joining a church. You're simply saying, God, just, I want to connect with you. I want you to come into my life. Forgive me for my mistakes. And would you help me moving forward? I want to find out what you believe about me. I want to, I want to know what you say and what your plan is. And I believe the best way to live is if you help me in this group project. Today we can pray and you can start that relationship. If that's you with every head bowed and say, Mike, will you just pray for me? All I'm going to ask you to do is lift your hand. On the count of three, if you lift your hand, we're going to pray for you right where you are and a miracle is going to happen. On the count of three, one. Two, if that's you, three, lift your hand all over this place. All over this place. One more chance, I'll wait. Awesome, put your hand down. Can we pray today? If you, if you prayed that prayer, would you float that card we gave you, that connect card? It says, hey, I started my relationship with Christ. Just so we can connect with you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, that Halifax will be saved. God, we thank you today that God, that you can come in and rescue and help our city, our marriages, our kids, and our families. God, not a God of condemning. If you want to condemn us, you would have sent a condemner, but you sent a savior because you want to save us from ourselves, from turbulent seas of life. So God, right now we ask those that put their hand up, even those that didn't, but they know they want to start a relationship, that God, you would reach in right now and forgive us for our sin. Meet us right where we are. Would you come in and do a miracle today? Would the old be gone and the new start? Would hope come in? Would, would joy come in? Would love come in? Would, would a connection and an awareness of your goodness and your presence? And God, right now we say, God, take our lives. Help lead us, direct us. Be the captain of our soul and our spirit and help steer us today in Jesus' name.